Welcome to the Horizon Church Podcast. God is doing incredible things in Tampa. Learn more about us at horizontampabay.com. We hope you find today's message inspiring and encouraging. Let's dive in. Good evening. I'm Erica Allen. I'm one of the pastors here at Horizon, and I am just so glad to see each and every one of you here tonight. Thank you, thank you, thank you for being here. I um, actually did not grow up going to Christmas Eve services in a church, and not a lot has changed because we were in a middle school auditorium (laughs) tonight um, that has turned into a church, and we're grateful for what God is doing here, and we thank you that on on Christmas Eve when there are a million other beautiful church sanctuaries you could be in, you chose to be here because you believe in something that God is doing in this place. So thank you for being here and for believing in what it is God does in places like a middle school auditorium or in a barn in Bethlehem. Thank you for being here and for believing in that. Anyway, growing up, Christmas Eve services were not a thing in our house. I grew up in rural North Carolina, the middle of nowhere. It's called Sandy Ridge, North Carolina. There were a couple reasons that we didn't go to Christmas Eve services. One is the church that was closest to our house did not have Christmas Eve services. And the second is that the church closest that was the next closest to our house was really far away. And so we didn't um, drive all that way. Instead, All of my family, extended family, aunts, uncles, cousins, I mean, there were 50, 60 of us, would gather at my grandparents' house every Christmas Eve, and I grew up on a beef cattle farm, so we had cows, like, practically in our backyard, and we would all gather at my my grandparents' house. He would light a lantern, one of those old-timey lanterns, and he'd hold it in one hand, and he'd lead the way, and we'd walk from the house to the barn, and we would literally read the Christmas story in the barn with cows and calves hanging out all around us. Um, it, I grew up, I started watching Hallmark Channel, the Hallmark Channel later on in life, and I was like, we never went to church and lit candles. Like, I, so I, I encouraged my grandpa when, um, one Christmas, like, why don't we carry candles and, like, sing and light candles when we're in there? And he was like, hey, and open flames do not go together, so that will not be happening. I'll carry the light. And I was like, got it. Um, but I, I remember... I remember going to that barn to hear the Christmas story in the same place where we worked and played, in the same place where we prayed and worried, in the same place where my sister and I fought over who was going to have to do the hardest work um, sometimes. I, I remember all of the work and all the things that took place in that barn, and one night of the year, we celebrated that Jesus Christ came into that world, that world where we worked and played and cried and prayed and worried. That world is where Jesus Christ came into. And every single year when we would walk down to the barn, I remember we left there different. I, I can't explain why. I can't, I can't tell you exactly what happened at that barn, but every single time that we remembered the Christmas story that Jesus showed up in the middle of our world, every single time we remembered that again, we would leave there different. My grandpa would get us all in the barn. We'd read the story. At a certain point, one of the grandchildren would have the baby doll that served as baby Jesus every single time. My grandma would give some of us, like literally old rags she had, we would wrap it around the baby doll and we'd lay it in the container where the cows ate the hay and the cow feed. And we'd finish the story and we'd sing away in a manger and we'd walk back to the house. But what I remember even more than reading the story and singing away in a manger every year as I remember that walk from the barn, from the house, from their house to the barn. I remember my grandfather lighting that lantern. And I remember some years 
we didn't really feel like celebrating Christmas. I remember the year that my aunt died not long before Christmas, and I remember that walk from the house to the barn was a long, slow, quiet walk because we missed someone. We didn't walk to hear the Christmas story with someone who we'd heard that story with for a long, long time. I remember the time my um, cousin, who was in college, brought her fiancé home. He was not from Sandy Ridge, and I remember all of us little kids laughing because he held his nose the entire time we read the Christmas story and sang away in a manger, like literally held his nose, because if you're not used to the smell of a barn, it doesn't smell real pleasant. On Christmas Eve, and we were like, this guy is not going to make it <laughs> in our family, but they got married, and he actually helps um, with the family farm. Now, I remember the year that we went, my my aunt got to bundle up her baby who she'd prayed for for years and years and years. She'd made that walk from the house to the barn without a baby in her arms. And I remember the year she got to wrap that baby up in blankets. And Andrew got to hear the Christmas story for the first time around that cow trough full of, of food. I remember when he got to hear that story for the first time. I remember how all of us were excited that that's what was happening I remember a few years later when our teenage cousin wasn't there because two weeks before that, his mom and dad had drove him to a rehab center, a treatment center for the addiction that was ruining his life, knowing that he wouldn't be there for Christmas that year. I remember that we read the Christmas story and we sang away in a manger and we all felt weird because we missed him and we were worried about him and we wanted him to know that God was with him. And my grandpa said, can we just pray? Can we just pray for him before we go back up to the house? I remember my last trek to the barn to hear the Christmas story. I was engaged to a guy who lived in Tampa, Florida, um, who had passed the test. He went to the barn and did not hold his nose. <laughs> um, but not, he, he had not heard the Christmas story, but um, I, I was engaged to him, and I remember my grandfather always lit the lantern before we made that walk from the house to the barn, and I remember he lit the lantern, and he held it in one hand, and we all started to walk, and he said, Erica, Erica, his health was starting to decline. He said, can you come hold my hand? I need you to keep me steady. And I remember him grabbing my hand, and me putting my hand in his, and he gave me a little squeeze, and I remember looking up in his face, and we both knew it was probably my last time to be home and make that walk from the house to the barn. I remember, guys, I remember 22 years of walking to that barn with all kinds of things, on our plate to hear the Christmas story. I remember the grief and the sadness. I remember the pain and the chaos. I remember the joy and the hope and the expectation for the year to come. I remember all of those things. And as I read the Christmas story this year over and over and over again, those, those words in Luke, I realized that that's what God, that's the Christmas story that God's been writing all along. That Mary, a young, unwed mother, right, a teenage mother expecting a baby, scared to death, finds a barn in a back alley to have a baby, scared, absolutely scared to death, absolutely in over her head. That first Christmas, that's what she brought to that first Christmas story. I, I, I read about Joseph, who is having to take care of this woman, who's having to trust God's plan, like this baby wasn't even his baby, he wasn't really married to her. They, were, they could have been in big trouble. The government has sent them miles and miles and miles away from their home. And there he is in a barn. And the only thing he can do as Mary is having this baby, the only thing he can do is trust that God is actually going to do what God has promised to do. 
feeling helpless, and the only thing he can do is trust in God. Anybody else felt like that's some way that you, you lived this year? You were way in over your head, and the only thing you could do is trust God to do what only God could do? And then the first people, the first people to hear that Christmas story weren't polished folks with everything figured out in their lives. The first people to hear that Christmas story were people who didn't even have a place to lay their head at night, who didn't even have a room. They were shepherds. Who knows when the last time they'd taken a bath was. And they walked, they moved to Jesus. They heard, they saw a light. The angels told them, you're not going to believe this, but there's a baby who's going to give you hope and peace and joy and light and love. And they moved towards that Christ child. And they went to see it. And something happened. Everything changed when they got there. And you know what happened when they got there? In the exact same way that we left that barn different and changed with a little more hope and a little more joy and a little more peace after we heard that Christmas story every year on Christmas Eve. When those shepherds left the barn, they went and told people about it. The light moved from the barn, from where Jesus was, from, from where Mary and Joseph and baby Jesus was. The light moved out into the world through people like the shepherds. And then a couple weeks later, these wise men, these really smart intellectual guys who spend their life researching and critiquing and figuring out scientific evidence of things being right or wrong, they hear that this, this Christ child is born and they follow a star to find Jesus. And it, what they find there has defied all, expl all explanation. They can't figure out what is happening there. It has is, it is defied their unbelief. And they're standing there staring at the Christ child. And they went home another way. They didn't even tell the king about it because they were afraid the king might try to do something to ruin what was happening there in that barn through Jesus Christ. And I'm going to bet that this, this evening... There are a lot of us who've brought all kinds of different things here tonight too. Grief and pain, right? Maybe it's been a long year. Maybe you're here tonight with less people than were here last year. Maybe you're coming here with some, some worry and some, some worry about the future. You feel like you're in over your head. You, you, maybe your job's changing. Your financial situation is changing. Your house has changed. All these things have changed in the past year. And here you sit ready for a Christmas story to say something to you, even in the midst of the chaos and the craziness. Maybe you're here tonight ex expectant and hopeful for what, what's on the horizon, for what's, for what's next in the year to come. Maybe that's how you come tonight. I'm here to tell you that however you come, there was a Jesus. There's a Jesus, a baby that was born and God said, this Jesus is the beginning of a story. So tonight, maybe some of you are sitting there thinking, oh, that pain and grief and sadness, like there's never going to be a Christmas that's going to be the same again. Maybe you're sitting here and you're thinking, oh, this is my last time at home with my family for Christmas. There's never going to be a Christmas the same again. I want to tell you something. That Christmas story that was written thousands of years ago by God was not the story of an end. It was not the story of an end of a year. It was not the story of last gatherings. It was the story, it was a promise of a beginning. It was a baby who offered hope and peace and joy and love. It was the beginning 
of something happening. Because Jesus, see, Jesus didn't just come and sit in that manger and offer light and hope and peace and joy to folks. God had Jesus grow up, and Jesus invited people to be a part of what it was he was doing. And then Jesus invited those people to go out and to shine light and ignite change and to do something in the world. See, people come and they, leave, they encounter Jesus and they leave to shine light and do something different in the world. It was just the beginning. Christmas was just the beginning. Tonight is Christmas. What kind of beginning is Christmas inviting you to? What is the beginning that God is inviting you to tonight? This isn't the end of the story. This is the beginning of a promise of what God can do. It's a promise. It's a promise that God is beginning to do something that only God can do. When we lived in Nashville, um, we, um, one of my favorite songwriters was a guy named Andy Gullihorn. He wrote songs, and he often got to do a Christmas special at the Ryman Auditorium. The Ryman Auditorium's the uh, mother church of Christian mu- of um, country music. It's um, they have a huge Christmas special there every single year. And one of the lines in his song says, "And sometimes, in all the pain, and sometimes all the pain and sadness is more than a heart can handle." But I'm tired of cursing the darkness. I'm going to light a candle. A friend of mine was at the Ryman Auditorium last Christmas when Andy Gullihorn sang this song for the Ryman Auditorium for the first time. And he texted me and he said, you have to watch Andy Gullihorn sing Light a Candle in the Ryman Auditorium. And so I immediately went and looked it up. And this line has stuck with me since last Christmas. In all the pain and sadness and darkness, it's almost more than heart can handle. But I'm tired of cursing the darkness. I'm going to light a candle. That, that is what Jesus did in the Christmas story, right? That's, that's what God did through Jesus in the Christmas story. God said, I'm tired of all the pain and sadness. I'm tired of this weary world that everyone's living in. I'm going to do something about it. I'm going to light a candle in Jesus. And tonight, tonight we're invited into something that's more than a tradition. Tonight, We're invited to to take part in the beginning of a movement. We're going to light candles in a little bit. We're going to remember that Jesus Christ, the light of the world, came. But we're going to remember that story, and we're going to be different because we encountered the hope and love and peace and joy of Christ here. And then when we encounter darkness, we're not going to keep cursing and fussing about it. We're going to do something about it. We're going to light a candle. Anybody else here ready to start a movement? That tonight as we, we hold those candles, we, we pray for what it is God might begin in us and through us. That tonight we can shine a light in the darkness and God can use us to do something about the darkness and the pain and the sadness. Tonight we're going to do what it is God did through Jesus so many years ago. We're going to light a candle We're going to do something about all the pain and darkness. Will you pray with me? God, we we thank you for sending us Jesus into our world. I thank you, Jesus, for coming into my world. And God, we promise right here tonight to not just curse the darkness, but to light a candle. To let this, to let you begin something in us tonight. 
that begins a movement, that the light here moves out into the world and shines light and ignites change. And for those of us here tonight who need that light to change us, God, we pray that we'll have the courage and the strength to let you do that in us and through us. We love you, and we thank you for loving us. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Horizon Church Podcast. If you are in the Tampa area, consider joining us one Sunday. You can also be a part of Shining Light and Igniting Change by financially supporting the ministries of Horizon Church at horizontampabay.com giving. Thank you again for joining us.